Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. $15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Yeah, good times, man. Hey, speaking of good times, welcome everybody to the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading and checking us out this week. If you want to learn all about uh, high school and all that other stuff, uh, reading, book readings from high school and and college and all that stuff, you need to check out the pre-show. This week is a uh, free-for-all discussion. And uh, so we're just going to continue on from where we're at. What what were you going to say, Rodrigo? Sorry. Good times about uh, being in bad schools. Oh, (laughs) Yeah, my school wasn't very bad, but I am, uh, you know, Columbine happened while I was in high school. Yeah, so right. definitely that started seeing this like weird, uh, I don't know, jailification mm-hmm. of high school, which, you know, as you the said in the pre-show, in pipeline. Or, yeah, as uh, as Matthew said, uh, it's uh, it is a prison. But uh, definitely every year that I was there, it got more and more, um, quote unquote, secure, like metal detectors and stuff. Mm. And then I went back a few years later just to, you know, see my teachers. And uh, yeah, it was like a like, okay, you check in outside and you go through the metal detector and you like. So somebody inside and you tell them exactly what you're doing and why. Mm-hmm. And it's like when I first went to that school, anybody could walk in off the street without any issues. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Fortunately, it was built in the 70s. So it lent itself to be because it was already just like a cement cube. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it, so it, it was wasn't easy to or, or it was easy to just like shutter all the entrances and exits. Yeah. Uh, did you uh, did you ever get to leave campus at lunchtime, Matthew? We did. We would go like across the street when there was a hamburger joint there, or we would go home to eat, or go down to the grocery store and buy candy for lunch. <laughs> there was there was nowhere to go. Oh, but okay. We could. I mean, did it, you go honestly, across the street to smoke your cigarettes? No, you just smoke your cigarettes in the parking they, lot. They wouldn't let us. They wouldn't like let. Uh, I I didn't smoke, but. Uh, they wouldn't let they kids wouldn't be on campus to on school grounds to smoke cigarettes. So they would literally go across the street and stand <laughs> in this field and smoke and just stare at the school until they came back in. It was a funny when thing. I was when I was going to Russell High, there were actually not just designated smoke areas. There were designated smoke breaks. Yeah, that's when I was a freshman. There were still smoke breaks like. You had like 10 or 15 minutes to goof off and that was supposed to be a smoke break for people. But I think by the time I was a senior, 
uh, of course, the smoking age had been changed. I don't know when the smoking age changed. Probably the same time the drinking age changed. Probably about the same time. No, it was later. Because the drinking age changed when my sister was about to turn 18. And she was two years older than me. So that would have been around 85, 86. Yeah, the I know. The smoking we were... age changed while I was in high school. Yeah, that must have been. Because I know by the time I was a senior, there was no smoke breaks or anything like that. But I also remember in high school writing letters to, I guess, the governor or maybe our representatives saying, hey, you shouldn't raise the drinking age. If we're if we're young enough to go fight in Vietnam, we should be old enough to drink. <sighs> anyway, hey, uh, have you guys uh, heard the news? The Fantastic Four have been found. Pedro Pascal will be playing Mr. Fantastic. And uh, uh, Cur- uh, Vanessa Kirby will star as Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman. And Joseph Quinn will play Johnny Storm, a.k.a. the Human Torch. And uh, I don't know this person, uh, Moss, uh, what's, his, what's his name? Moss, uh, Ebon Moss uh, Bachrock will play Ben Grimm slash The Thing. Hmm. Movie is cool. set for July 25th, 2025. Coming from WandaVision director Matt Shackman. With uh, Jeff Kaplan and Ian Springer pinned to write the draft of the script. So and is this going to be a full-scale MCU thing? Yeah, this, this is the whole MCU, about... man. Nah. This is the Fantastic Four, now part of the MCU, now that uh, Disney owns everything. See, here's, here's my problem with this. Um, a, the Fantastic Four as an entity has been more interesting historically. Well... I think that's what they're going to be doing years than it has been as an actual ongoing property. So I want to see them revitalize the fantastic four comic successfully in a way that doesn't, you know, make me want to hurl. Um, but I also feel like 2025 is almost 20 years since iron man. And unless it kicks off a new era of everything is going to be big time superhero awesomes, I'm worried that it's going to be one of those too little, too late situations. Eh, I don't, I don't know about that. I, I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, we're just so tired of superhero movies. I think people are just tired of having to feel like they're forced. Oh, they're tired to go of the see. formula. Yeah, 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 and feel like they have to go to see everything to get everything. That- it's it's funny because um, it's backwards, right? Like the Fantastic Four were pretty much the first big Marvel property, mm-hmm. and everything else had to sort of exist in a Fantastic Four world. So I don't think that this is better for the the franchise, certainly. But it's like the fact that the Fantastic Four is coming in so late in the um, into the life of the MCU. It makes for some interesting problems, the you know, some of which are that a lot of the things that the Fantastic Four are about and like doing and like fighting have already been explored by other characters, yeah, um, or have been done to a large degree by previous movies, right? It's like, are we gonna get another, like, you know, here's Doctor Doom story, but if we Probably. don't, like, we can't, we can't do like. They go to um, God, what is that world that they go to when they like the shrink down? Zone? Yeah, to the negative oh, zone. The yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't they can't go to any of those places because we've kind of already been to places that are either that or a lot like that. 
Um, so Quantum Mania was basically a Fantastic Four. It, it really was. Quantum Mania was totally a Fantastic Four movie. But what and if it, it they even turned Ant Man into spaghetti in it? What mm-hmm. if Fantastic Four did all that, but they did it first? What if this is a movie that is a period piece movie? That doesn't mean they did it first. Sure does. The no one the does. Only, Just like Captain the, America was the was the first Avenger. Okay, so I'm not saying in universe they're going to be sad. They're not going to be sitting there being like somebody already went to the quantum realm. Like yeah. I'm saying, as viewers, mm-hmm. uh, they have already done stuff that we've already seen. Yeah, that, there uh, is yeah. one movie. There's one property that Marvel has that would work as um, a absolute prequel, and that's Sentry. If they did the Sentry thing. Right, mm-hmm. if they were like actually, and then they like <laughs> splice them into that shot in New York, starring where, Brandon like, Ralph around as, um, yeah. So if they did that, they could do it, and then the 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 fun of it would be like, what are all these places where Sentry was involved, where we don't re- quote unquote don't remember, right, where the movies don't show it. Yeah, right. um, but that's to what I was kind of hoping for, like that. It's like, well, then. It wouldn't have been so impressive to meet Iron Man. It wouldn't be, have been so impressive to meet Thor if we already had four superhumans kicking around in the universe before that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see where you guys are coming from, but I—I I, I mean, it—it it depends on what kind of story you're telling and and which direction really you want to approach on that. And and quite frankly, how many times have we had Spider-Man rebooted by Sony, and we've got all these different Spider-Mans, and people are well, fine with that? And that's, you know, how many times are we going to reboot Batman and have the, the origin story retold again and again and again? So I think that there's room I, for doing something with the Fantastic Four under the Marvel umbrella of the MCU and being able to tell a story that they feel comfortable with and not just a movie that's being rushed out because of a contractual obligation uh, in order right. to keep the movie rights. My, okay. my biggest concern is that is, in fact, the, that prism of Spider-Man. Yeah, like mm-hmm. Spider-Man in the MCU uh, was barely allowed to do Spy- Spider-Man things because mm-hmm. it was so focused on Iron Man. Right? It's like Spider-Man gets introduced in a Captain America sequel. Um, he shows up in his own movie, but it's all about Iron Man, and then Iron Man dies, and the next movie is all about Iron Man. It's it's just like I'm worried that the Fantastic Four are going to show up. And they're going to be like, yes, yes. Now we must find this Miss Marvel character. And right. uh, so on and so forth. No, no hate towards Miss Marvel, obviously. I actually watched the Marvels recently, and it was good. Was it it was good? fun times. I, it yeah, just it came out. Time. It just is, I think, available this week on Disney Plus, I think. So um, I'm going to watch like, it there. Yeah, it was, one, it was like a week ago, and yeah, it's on Disney Plus. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not paying for anything anymore. You know, I, I, with the one exception of, I'm going against my no Zaslav stuff. Uh, the uh, the new uh, uh, True Detective se- season just finished, and it's now available on digital. So I think that means good. that I can buy it. And a lot of people have just given it rave reviews and say it ties in very well to season one, which I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of season one of that show. So I may go against my no Zaslav uh, rule and actually buy that. But uh, I definitely have been staying away from having to purchase movies or anything because it's like well you know if i'm already paying for netflix and warner brothers has dumped all of their stuff on netflix i don't have to have hbo max anymore so uh 
I haven't had it for several years, but, uh, you know, Dune, for anybody that uh, hasn't seen the Dune movie, it's on Netflix now until the end of this month. Yeah, uh, that is nice. Is like, uh, uh, Saslav is, has been so, uh, fire sailing. Not, well, he's, he's been so thorough about getting, trying to get money out of this mm-hmm. stuff that he has like basically taken a chunk of stuff off of Max and put it on other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I want to say like John Wick. Oh yeah. No, there's on there's like Netflix now. And I'm like, I was kind of like, I've never seen a John Wick movie and I'm like, well, maybe I want to see a John Wick movie. Yeah. No, they dumped like the Batman is on Netflix. Oh yeah. Like, the they, just on dumped, Netflix too. they just dumped a whole catalog of their big stuff. And, and you're right. If they're trying to make movies or trying to make money, then they need to make money. And who's got money to license stuff? Well, if next Netflix does, they spend an atrocious yeah. amount of money. Uh, for friends, for what, however long they had that, and for community, and I think they had Parks and Rec, but Parks and none of those are on there anymore. So you know, Netflix is is willing to do that because that'll bring people in, and uh, at the same time, that I guess they, you know, you could argue that Max has had that stuff for exclusive on their streaming service and you know, uh, pay paper uh, purchase digital mm-hmm. stuff for years. So now we're into the part where they're just licensing it out to whoever wants to to get it, but at the same time. With the trouble that Warner Brothers is in, do I really need Max if I just know that it's going to dump on Netflix or it's going to dump on uh, Amazon or one of those others uh, within six months of it of it coming out? I can just wait on in, in those cases. So I, I mean, know that doesn't absolutely. do anything for the movie industry, but for me and my anti Zaslav tactic, that's fine. I mean, that's that's the thing is like this stuff is just so like. Like, get it out there. This needs to become profitable, right? Mm-hmm. Not nurturing something into becoming profitable. That's not what he was brought in to do, right? They were he like, was brought into things are not cost. things are not profitable. Quick, <laughs> get the get the chop guy, and so he comes in with his big chopper. <laughs> Man, <laughs> Zaslov should do a slap chop. Somehow, the slap chopper should try to get Zaslov to come in to sell. You know, the slap chop of Matthew. Mayer, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. they should get Zaslov to to pitch for them, and like every time he's like, "You've got a bad girl movie, just slap chop it. You got a yeah. you got a coyote movie that needs to be chopped up. Here we go, slap chop it." Uh, yeah. Uh, but you know what's really weird is um, two things that have come come out in the last week. One of them today, in fact, that I find somewhat amusing, but also somewhat troubling. Uh, Disney uh, uh, has licensed many of their uh, movies and kids, kid-friendly movies and, and TV shows to Mad Cave Studios to do uh, comic book adaptations. So we've got uh, um, Encanto, Turning Red, Phineas and Ferb, um, Frozen, Disney Fairies, 101 Dalmatians, and probably more as this thing goes on with uh, paper cuts. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. Uh, so on the one hand, Again, if you're just trying to make money, licensing things out means, hey, we, we just let the money roll in. We let uh, paper cuts do whatever they do, and we just make the licensing money off of all this stuff. But at the same time, when Disney uh, first acquired Marvel, they canceled all of their contracts with Dark Horse and Boom Studios yep. and all these that were doing it. And said, oh, no, we'll just have Marvel do it. And Marvel did yep. kind of a... I don't want to say a half-assed attempt, but they didn't, they just kind of went about it going, I guess our bosses are telling us to do this, so we'll do it. And then those didn't do very well and they stopped doing it. And then Disney is licensing stuff out to dynamite to do, you know, the, the Disney afternoon uh, books Mm 
Yeah. Uh, and as then it, over to paper cuts for the younger readers. As it turns out, um, making comics is difficult and expensive, and you need people there who actually want to do it. Yeah. So, well, yeah, that giving that is... it to someone who is then going to go not out of their way, but whose job it is to find artists and writers that are excited about the property. You know, it's like, that's obviously the way to do it if it's a property that clearly they don't care that much about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting because the news that came out today is Disney reaches licensing deal with Sony Pictures Home Entertainment for DVD and Blu-ray releases of new and catalog titles, meaning Disney doesn't even want to be in the physical media business anymore, that they're licensing it out to Sony to make those to make those DVDs and Blu-rays. And just, you know, making money off of off of that licensing deal. It, it's just like, it's funny that it's like, we must have everything. And then they get everything. And then Disney is just kind of like, and eh, we don't want to do all the work that's that's required for us to do all of this stuff. Maybe we'll just give it to Sony. Anything. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just give it, to, it. We'll just give it back to Sony, who we're going to probably buy in, in six years anyway. So. Yeah. Uh, one of the things we were talking about in the pre-show, ladies and gentlemen, was uh, I mentioned, um, uh, what is it uh, called? Hell Divers, Hell Divers 2. Mm-hmm. And Hell Divers is only available on PC and mm-hmm. on the Xbox. Or uh, PC and the PlayStation, sorry. Um, do you guys care about exclusives? Is, is that a big thing anymore? Or is it a big thing? Or does do it I bother about- you? having them or do i care about not having them? no because... so like if the next diablo game or the next wwe game matthew came right. out and it was exclusively on a system that you didn't have right would i would... buy a system to play the game yeah see the days when i could do that are gone like i <laughs> yeah. did same at one point i literally was sitting home and my friend had a, an N64 and we were playing his game and then he wasn't home. And I'm like, it's three in the morning. I'm wide awake. I have $150. I literally went to Walmart, bought a PS4 and the game, not a PS4, uh, an N64 mm-hmm. and came home and started playing. Uh, but the PS4 that I have now was a Christmas present because it literally took four months for the women of the household to set aside the amount of money to yeah. purchase the thing. Yeah. You know, my first car cost one tenth of what they paid for the, the PS4. And now Spider-Man two electric boogaloo from the, the people at what is it? Insomniac Sony. games yeah. is only available on the PS five. And mm-hmm. I'm like, so if I ever get a PS five, I might play you can Spider-Man. Get, uh, I think you can get P I think you can get Spider-Man two on uh, not, not PS4. Yet. But it doesn't have all the high resolution graphics, right? No, you can't get it on a PS4. Oh, yet. okay. All right. Yeah. So does and that does that bother not. you? Does that bother you guys? Does it's like, ah, oh, dang, I really want to play Hell Hell Divers, but I only have an Xbox, or oh man, I sure would like to play Spider Man, but I only have an Xbox, or whatever. I, generally, that... it doesn't bother me. Um, for two, for for like sort of like two tem- temporally locked reasons. Back in the day, I would either end up getting an Xbox or a PlayStation, whichever one had the games that I wanted. Um, I've always gotten the Nintendo console, too. So Mm -hmm. I'm, 
you know, it's like I have a Switch now. I don't have a PS5 or an Xbox Series X or, or whatever they're they're on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. I have a gaming computer, and that plays anything that would yeah. be on Xbox. Right. Um, but we're entering a weird time in the console war. I think the old men of the console war are tired. Um, <laughs> we... You know, you hear Microsoft being like, well, you know, maybe we'd be open to having Xbox exclusives on the PS5 um, because, like, this it's sort of already happening, right? It's like you can play any Xbox game on a computer. Any game that is not an exclusive is going to come out for both. So we could put our Xbox exclusives on the PS5 and make some money out of PS5 sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And it's like, yeah, it's like the... I would love it if the console wars just sort of dissolved and eventually like two identical machines came out, one from Microsoft, one from Sony. And it didn't matter which one you picked because they were both profiting off of both of them. Um, So that, that would be, I I think at one time that was the thing though, right? It's like, Oh, I need to get halo. So I have to get an Xbox. Yeah. Uh, And Uh it, and it probably did drive a lot of console sales. But yeah. with the expense of the console sales, and like you said, with Steam basically having everything that you can play on a PC or anything that Microsoft releases you can play on a PC, I wonder if those days are over. I know that uh, I think PlayStation or Sony had said that the sales of the PS5 has have slowed down. Yeah, they've said that the PS5 is now in the latter yeah. half of its life or something like that. And I'm like, it just came out. did anything come out for PS5? Like, did anything come out for PS5 that wasn't a remake or a sequel? Just like, the just the Spider Man. That's a sequel. Out, it's a remake or a oh sequel. yeah, well that yeah, you're right, a sequel. But yeah, it's like they remade The Last of Us two. They remade all this stuff, and I'm like, it's like seriously, are there were there any games that came out in this period of time that really stand out? And it's like there's some good sequels, right? There's like a God of War. And mm-hmm. Spider Man Two, yeah, like those and, are big uh, deals, the and people Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's like it, it seems like the PlayStation Five only recently just came out, but I guess it's been like well, it came out pre-pandemic, cool. but then there was such a um, such a that, uh, demand, that might be it, and then it was hard nobody... to get the it was hard to get the chips. Like I tried for two years to get a yeah, PS Five, and then finally was nobody... able to get one. Yeah, nobody got the PS5 when it came out. They had to wait two years. So maybe that's why it seems like its lifetime has been so short. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that much like the streaming services, there comes a point where you can't fragment anymore. And not just the the audiences and the creators, but literally the, the, the zeitgeist, if you will, becomes about all of those tributaries folding back into the river. I mean, we've seen this before, in the gaming industry, because there was a big deal around when, well, when I was in my mid to late 20s, there was a big deal about cross playability and reverse compatibility. And, oh, yeah, you can play this game here or you can play it here. It's available for everything. Anybody has access to this game. And then we kind of split off into the thing where there's 19 different streaming services. So if you want to watch this, you have to have this and this and this and this and this. And now, as Stephen mentioned, we're starting to see, oh, we're just going to dump this over here. This is, you know, this is going to play in three different places. Yeah. And I feel like it's come to a point where the the 
the belief system, not necessarily the reality of it or the ability to do something, but the actual belief that you need individual systems or you need that exclusivity is kind of going away. And I feel like we may be coming to a point where the gamers are like, we want things available for both systems. So then we can have a head to head argument about what, it, where it looks better again. Yeah. I feel like whether or not it's true, I, I, I kind of feel like the, the weather, the tenor of the, of the audiences that I hear, which granted is pretty much, you know, Twitter and random internet is, you know, we're done with this. We're tired of this. Let's do something else. Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of goes double for uh, multiplayer games, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Where for a long time, for the majority of the lifetime of these consoles, um, not these specific consoles, but of the PlayStation project and the Xbox project and the, the and Nintendo's consoles, um, there hasn't been cross-play, right? There hasn't been that cross-playability. So you had to pick if you wanted to play Halo online with other people or anything else, Overwatch, all, all of this other stuff. You had to pick which console you wanted to play on and hope that that would be the console that would have the most players so you could actually play. Eventually, finally, enough games started out, came out with cross-play that the big scaredy cats on top were like, okay, well, we'll allow cross-play, right? Street Fighter VI is fully compatible with cross-play. So I play it on my computer and I can be playing against somebody who's playing on their PlayStation 5 or their Xbox um, and that's what I blame for losing. So it's a win-win. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And you know, yeah. we, we are at the 30th anniversary of PlayStation this December. Yeah. 30 Yay, 30 years. Congratulations, console. PlayStation. I hardly right? played you. Hey, uh, dear listener, we're, we've been talking a lot about uh, video games. We talked about uh, Helldivers 2 earlier in the Major Spoilers podcast pre-show. We also talked about books uh, that we read when we were in high school. Uh, if you want to get access to that conversation, then you need to become a Silver Level patron over at patreon.com slash major spoilers. When you sign up at the Silver Level membership, that's only five bucks a month, then you get access to up to four bonus episodes every month that you can't get anywhere else. If you go up to the gold level, which is $10 a month, and you're like, man, these guys are worth $10 a month, you get up to eight bonus episodes a month. Plus, you get access to the GM Roundtable. You get access to the VIP live chat where I sit down and talk with you about what it's like to run major spoilers. And this month, the one that I just did last weekend, man, had really good responses from people. Like Thomas Perkins reached out to me, goes, oh, man, I just listened to this, and I agree with you, and and then we carried on a conversation there. Uh, there have been some really great comments based on the most recent VIP live chat. So if you want to know what's going on behind the scenes, sign up for that gold level. You can do that all at patreon.com slash major spoilers. And you allow us to have conversations like this a couple of times a year right here on the podcast. Uh, Rodrigo, I want to hear about the Marvels uh, because I'm about to watch it probably in the next yeah. week or two. And then I want to tell you about a movie that I watched that you may get a kick out of. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so watched the Marvels last week, I want to say. And as someone who watched WandaVision and also the Ms. Marvel series, um, and also, unfortunately, Secret Invasion, <laughs> I was 
I was fully really? onboarded onto what the Marvels was wanting to do, right? Um, so that's that's the that's the disclaimer is that if you haven't watched all of that, your experience is probably going to be different because they don't spend a lot of time really oh, being like this is a character, this is their deal. They kind of expect you to already be on board. Yeah. Um, probably the the most fun thing about it is the like power contrivance, right? It's like this thing where like. Yeah, or some, powers. yeah, n- no, they swap places when they use their powers oh, simultaneously. Right. Oh, okay. So it's a fast way to get them all together. Um, it makes for some funny, interesting fight scenes. Um, that's probably the best thing about it is that, yeah, they, you know, uh, Captain Marvel shoots at someone and Miss Marvel appears there and she can't shoot at someone. So she makes a shield and then like uh, Professor Marvel, then uh, <laughs> they they call her Professor Marvel. She doesn't like it. It's cute. Um, but um, but it has a villain who doesn't have a very strong presence. Yeah. Um, she like the only reason why I remember her name is because I think her name is funny, <laughs> Darben. Um, which I just think it's a funny sounding name, which is fine. I, I'm I'm not even knocking it. It just like stuck with me. But, um, the villain and the villain's plan and all that stuff doesn't really work. There's a lot of stuff that was clearly started up, but then gets put aside there's a thing where like captain marvel needs to make a tough choice and she makes the tough choice and miss marvel is like how could you make that tough choice right she's like disappointed that the tough choice was made and maybe people died or maybe something bad happened um and that's not really resolved just kind of comes around again um i'll you know it's like I wish that they had focused on like, yeah, on that interpersonal stuff with the characters a little bit more because they start it, but they don't sort of don't finish it. And of course, the ending is nonsense, but, you know, like nonsense, uh, I, funny, I, I, haha stuff or nonsense, like what the heck? They lost the plot. Non nonsense, like, hey, remember who put out this movie? Ah, OK. Like. Uh, the end of this movie is only there to set up something else of course yeah so don't don't go in expecting the big resolution like the big resolution could have a big impact on the characters it could have but we don't know that because we follow whatever's coming next interesting 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 okay so uh this movie dropped as a netflix exclusive back in september of 2023 but Whatever reason, Netflix needs to get its algorithm right uh, because it only showed up to me uh, like yesterday, Sunday, Sunday in my you know suggested new stuff. And I was like, oh, what is this? It's called El Conde. And I was like, okay, what is this? And so I, and it's a vampire story, but it's also a black comedy. And the premise is uh, Pinochet, you know, the, uh, the dictator from uh, dictator. Chile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is a 250-year-old vampire. <laughs> and he faked his death 
uh, because uh, he was tired of people uh, hating him as as the dictator. And it goes into his big backstory, which the backstory is really cool, too, because he's, uh, you know, was was there during the beheading of uh, of uh, Louis the the 14th and uh, Antoinette. So that's kind of his origin story happens there. Uh, But now he's 250 years old and he's just like, I don't want to live anymore. Uh, All of my kids, my wife just, you know, I don't love her anymore. And she harasses me about biting her and turning her into a vampire all the time. And I hate it. And my kids uh, are all uh, after my, my hidden fortune everywhere. And I can't stand it. So, you know, it's like the kids are trying to suck him dry uh, for all the money that they think that he has. And uh, it's all in Spanish. And then the Catholic church also wants to kill uh, Pinochet uh, so that they can, of course, rid the world of great evil uh, because of he's a vampire, but also to get access to all of the bank accounts and all of the money and uh, all of the contacts that he has had over the years so that the church can blackmail all those people and get money out of them. So that's somewhat funny too, that everybody's just trying to bleed everybody else. But in the process, this nun, this young nun that they send to uh, Pinochet when he's in exile, the two of them kind of fall in love with one another. And he says, oh, no, I want to live. And so he is, you know, trying to cut everyone off so that he can go out and have a life again with this with this nun. And then even though this whole thing is in Spanish, there is this English voiceover that keeps talking about. Pinochet's life and how he did this and how he did this and what he was thinking and all of these things. And at at first I was just like, okay, I I guess it doesn't make sense. Maybe it's something that they were doing in the, you know, for the translation or whatever. But then when, when the payoff happens at the end, it's like, Oh, this is great. This is great. Um, so if you guys are into like some black comedy horror type stuff, then you might, if you've got some time, it's almost at uh, one hour and 51 minutes. It doesn't have a high rating. It's only three and a half slices of, of meatloaf out of five on the, uh, on the review summaries. But it is just quirky enough to where I was like, okay, I'm only going to watch an hour of this and then I'm going to go to bed. And I ended up watching the, the full thing. And at the end I was like, oh, I was not expecting that ending and it was worth it to get to it. And it's beautifully shot in black and white. So, um, it, <laughs> It may not be the greatest movie of all time, but if you're looking to meld your uh, South American dictators with uh, vampirism, then El Conde, I think, is the only place where you're going to get that. So Classic. Yeah. Matthew, have you watched any any movies lately? I did, and it, it actually, when you said, if you like dark movies with weird comedy... So you guys you guys know the director, uh, writer-director Ari Aster... Yeah. Yeah. Did I mean not personally. I mean he, he and I don't he and I don't uh yeah, exchange dizzing us. We're like, hey man, what's up? Yeah, he's like, yeah. get out of here, major spoilers, guys. Yeah, he's a close personal friend of mine. We hang. Um we of course he did hereditary. Hereditary, of course, is the movie that I and my kid remember as that time that Tony Collette caught her cut her head off with a handsaw. And then of mm-hmm. course there's Midsummer which is the movie where Florence Pugh cries and then you cry and then everybody gets sewn into a bear suit and set on fire. Spoilers. Yeah. He had his third full length movie hit my streaming this week and Oh God, I've, I've now seen it twice and I, I still cannot parse what is happening in Bo is afraid. Oh yeah. 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 I want to watch it's a Joaquin. It's Joaquin Phoenix. So you know that it's going to be just, you know, 
it's Florence Pugh levels of crying on screen, but it makes the first two look like bed knobs and broomsticks. Oh no. Oh my God. That sounds horrifying. It is horrifying. And I literally, I watched it and I watched it just in dread and things kept happening and the dread got more and more. And here's, here's, okay. Uh, This is a little backstory. Do you remember Josie and the Pussycats? The movie? Yes. Yes. Josie and the Pussycats has given me a massive lifelong crush. I say lifelong, probably 20 years since Josie and the Pussycats isn't that old. Crush on Parker Posey. Sure. Parker Posey is funny. Parker Posey is cute. Parker Posey is like Manic Pixie Dream Girl energy for me. I love Parker Posey. Everything with Parker Posey in it is a little bit better and fun and, you know, kind of upbeat. When I think Parker Posey, I think a mighty wind, right? Uh Parker Posey is in this. He made Parker Posey horrifying. There is a scene in this movie that focuses on the face of Parker Posey that I literally had a nightmare about. It is, ugh. And I love love the movie so much. Did you ever see the the lost in space where she plays dr smith yeah 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 i saw i didn't sit and watch it It was good she was good in that she is good in that i don't know i don't know if i'd go to on to say that the 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 series is all that good but she is like Uh actively very threatening in it i was like oh oh this is not like a lady being upset by a weimar runner this is like oh yeah and you know, if anybody could encapsulate that Jonathan Harris energy of I'm silly and foppish and also incredibly sinister, and I can go back and forth from, oh, the pain, oh, the pain, to betraying people and spitting them into space, I feel like Parker Posey could do that. I feel like the oh, Jonathan Harris space. Parker man. Posey should play the master. Oh, oh, she would be really good. She'd be good be as, good as the master. Here's, yeah. Here's what, yeah. Here's what I want. I'm going to do a gender reverse version of Gilligan's Island, and I want Parker Posey to play the professor uh, because Gilligan is going to be played by Haven Flores, who is a 17 year old actress from Danger Force, who just is amazing. And she would she would kill as Gilligan. And I feel like Parker Posey as the professor. And then you get in there and you get like Mr. and Mrs. Howell, where like the Mr. Howell character is actually in this version, Mrs. Howell, because it's six. Oh, no, you need you need uh, uh, you need Blake Lively and um, Ryan Reynolds Reynolds to play (laughs) Mr. and Mrs. Howell, where she is the Ryan Reynolds playing Lovey and Blake Lively playing Thurston. Yes, yes, that would be that would be a really good combo right there. Oh, man, that is good. But yes, I was (laughs) all the way through Bo is Afraid. Uh, literally subtitled Matthew is afraid. And there are scenes that I can't, I, I honestly cannot explain to you why I, I'm just so affected by this movie. I can't understand why there's a character in it. Who's just literally a, a psychiatrist in a, a cardigan. And he just, he's just this smiling man. And every scene of him is terrifying. It's not like he's, 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 we're not even talking like, you know, Cesar Romero Joker kind of smile. It's just a man smiling a big smile. And I cannot look at him. I cannot stand to look at him. 
So now I want to see, can, can Ari Oster take this one step further and just strike me dead with his next movie? Oh man, I hope so. It's, hey, <laughs> hey, it's, it's craft. Like the first time I saw Mulholland drive, there's yeah. like this part in it where like a guy is talking about this scary dream he has. Yeah. And we're just mm-hmm. like walking towards like this building corner of this trash can. And then like, uh, the shoveled guy pops out the side and it's like so scary if you're like focusing on what's happening right and it's like i think mm-hmm. ari aster does uh, ari aster drive this is just an example right. but aster does a really good job at like sort of like narrowing your field of vision mm-hmm. to exactly what he wants you to, to feel and see and but also telling you like there's also threatening things happening on the outside why are you only paying attention to this you should like look look away but you can't okay, yep. he won't let you he has control of the camera. Yeah. Right. Yes. There's a scene in Hereditary where um, the, the boy from the Naked Brothers band, the main kid, uh, the main kid from Paperstown, is he's in his room and it's dark and he's, you know, terrible things have been happening and he's sitting in his room and it's dark and nothing is happening. It's just kind of a, a scene that's quiet. And then in the background, something moves and you realize that his mother is crawling on the ceiling like a spider and suddenly realizes we've seen her and crawls out of frame really fast, like a spider. And the time that we saw this, I saw it with my kid and my kid does not startle easily. And they screamed bloody murder at that moment when, when suddenly he let us see what was actually happening in that sequence. And I'm just like, I don't know if I need, uh, I don't know if I need jump scare movies. I like weird movies, right? So here's another movie recommendation that came out like years ago. I think I've talked about it before, but it's really good. And it will, if you want to go down the rabbit hole uh, after you watch yeah. the movie, it'll take you down many, many rabbit holes. Uh, I would say it takes you down the same kind of, not the same kind of rabbit holes, but it's in the adjacent rabbit hole, uh, like True Detective Season 1, if you go down that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Under the Silver Lake with Andrew Garfield in it. It's Ooh. a modern day story where Andrew Garfield is kind of like an out of work. Um, well, he's just kind of a loser. You don't really know what he does. He doesn't work, um, but he has uh, he uh, has sex with uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, not not Oates. Yeah, it is Oates uh, from the from the group. Uh, Kate McCoochie. Gar- not, not, not Magucci. Uh, yeah, home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Topher Grace is in it, uh, and a bunch Mm -hmm. of other, just a bunch of other people. Um, but he falls in love with this woman that just moves into the apartment building. He thinks like, it's like almost a creepy kind of, of way. Uh, and then she disappears. Like he doesn't know what happened to her and he's obsessed with finding out what happened to her. And it takes him down this rabbit hole of conspiracy theories all around, uh, Silver Lake in California and Hollywood and the music industry and what it means to be famous and rich and what can you do and can't you do. And, uh, it is, it is weird. That's all I will say. It is, um, it's probably not Twin Peaks type weird, but it does get up there. And, and that's what tipped me off. Rodrigo is when you said Mulholland drive, it's kind of that same sure. kind of weirdness in under the silver lake. And I think Andrew Garfield just does a fantastic job as this loser who is just obsessed with 
trying to find out what happened to this woman. So if you go into it thinking that it's like a detective story, it's kind of that, but with a twist of somebody is killing dogs and who's killing dogs and uh-huh. what about secret societies and where are all these messages hidden? And uh, apparently I, I barely brushed the surface and then I was like, no, I got to get out because uh, apparently the movie has hidden messages throughout and there's a lot of uh, uh, cryptography plays a big role in the movie, but it also oh, nice. ties into things outside of the movie and in real life. So it starts to blur the lines between a, movie that you get to watch for fun and also not really a augmented reality game or a, a real life game. Right. right but right. Uh, it kind of feels that way as you start getting into some of the real lore behind some of the things in this movie. So El Dorado. I've watched it a couple of times under the silver lake is, is interesting and fun. Oh, the, the guy that tells that story in Mulholland drive is in this. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's all tied together. All connected. Yeah. Wheels within wheels. Wheels within wheels. Wheels within wheels. Okay, I I did break my Nozaslov deal, and I went ahead and bought the entire season of True Detective season four. Yeah, but I bought it. But see, I bought it. I bought it through. I bought it through Apple Plus, so I didn't really technically buy it from Warner Brothers. Mm. I bought Mm. it from Apple, who then is you know giving the money to Zaslav after Apple takes my money. I don't care what they do with it. Um, so yeah, if they want to give it to Zaslav, go ahead. So uh, my conscience is, is clear. Uh, speaking, oh, okay. speaking of though, I did have a weird dream. I don't know if I should talk about this on the show Probably because um, the C- I might get visits from FBI and CIA agents. Boy. Again. I know. Right. I don't need that to happen. Like I Coca-Cola kinda... send you guys. No, it was they were kind of disturbing dreams because I woke up and then went back to sleep and then had another dream about another person having the same thing happen to him. So I had to, the first dream was I dreamed that Jimmy Carter died. And I woke up and I was like, oh, crap, is this a prophetic dream? Because this guy, you know, he his sure. wife, you know, just died recently. And, you know, when you're that that old and you've been with somebody that long, typically it's within a year or two of, of that person passing, then you pass too. And so there was like, I was dreaming and there was all these reports that Jimmy Carter had passed away. And I woke up convinced that Jimmy Carter had passed away until I got up. And then I finally looked it up and I was like, no, Jimmy Carter's still alive for now. Yeah. Um, but then I went back to sleep and I had a dream about an assassination attempt on another president. And I was trying to save this guy. And he and I was like, get out of the way, get out of the way. And I was like throwing this top hat because I knew there was going to be a gunshot from behind. And I kept throwing this top hat in between me and uh, this president who was walking in front of me, whose name I won't say because I don't want to visit from the FBI or the CIA. Um, And he was just ignoring me. And then uh, I go in uh, later to see how he is, because you'd think that if someone was shooting a gun at you, you would be kind of upset about this. And I went in and that president was also dead. But he was also hanging out with Ted Kennedy and doing drugs and uh, well, having sure, naked ladies running around. So mm. it may have been the way it was. But I do. Not, it was just a dream. I do not need the FBI or the CIA visiting me. <laughs> but if any of those, if any of that stuff comes true, then who oh boy, it, it won't be good. You guys ever have those kind of dreams where it's like, and I have no idea why I would be dreaming about either one of these two people. Because I have no reason to be dreaming about Jimmy Carter or this other president. My, my dreams are always like, I have weird 
kind of dreams that are mostly like like an Ari Aster movie. It's mostly just like feelings and stuff, but occasionally you'll have a, hey, this thing is happening and it's incredibly realistic. But there's always kind of a, a feeling in the back of my head of, okay, wait, no, this can't be. And sometimes I'll actually talk myself out of uh, a, a good dream or a bad dream. Yeah, don't talk yourself is, out of the nah, bad stuff or the good this stuff. This can't be. You got to ride the ride the wave of those dreams, man. Nah, my brain is too analytical. I mean, I I cannot turn that off. And I I honestly feel like if I did, first of all, I wouldn't be half as good at my job because I mean, eighty percent of what I do in my job is going. Aha, this stupid person just said something that is a big red flag. But also, I I don't think you know I could. Uh, hang out with most of the people that I hang out with. My scary dreams. I, I used to think that I was just a, a dope, but maybe I'm just a very good director for my dreams because <laughs> my scary dreams are like, I'm in this house and I'm walking around and there's people in the living room and I walk into the living room and they're watching TV and on the TV is a scary puppet. <laughs> and I oh. and I scream and I'm like <laughs> and then my wife is like wake up you're screaming right so mm-hmm. I thought is like yeah the, like and and a lot of my scary dreams are like that where um I walk by and on TV something scary is happening and I'm scared by it and like but but it's not like the news it's just like this is a, a scary movie on TV, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, well, maybe I'm just really good at capturing that essence of like, even if something happens that's not super scary normally, it's very scary in my brain. Yeah. Really, the most likely thing is that um, my brain is just kind of chugging along, writing the dreams, like a hand, and he's in a room, and there's people watching TV, and somebody shows up, and they're like, hey, uh, did you forget this guy has some kind of anxiety attack thing going on? And he's like, oh, no, 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 just, 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 just give it to me. I'll just put it in here. That's fine. And it just happens in the middle of the dream. Yeah. Maybe your brain is like, well, we really, most of what we do is enjoying various sorts of media. Let's just have that be horrifying in our dreams. Or maybe your brain is uh, living vicariously through the other use and other dimensions through the uh, through, through the dream realm. It is so weird when you say that because you're usually so averse so, to any like wild and crazy thing. Oh uh, no, I'm I'm not. But you know, I've told the story about how I had that that dream from I don't know when I was in high school, and it was just ever since then. It's just like oh no, more and more of the dreams I have m- seem to tie into the fact that. Uh, I'm dreaming and, and seeing the other, other realities Um, to make that even more weird within the last, I want to say four years, more and more people are talking about that. And it's an actual, like now a theory, uh, hypothetical theory, obviously, because that's what all theories are, but uh, there are people are like, yeah, there may be some connection between a multiverse and the dream state. And I'm like, huh, interesting. Now, if suddenly I become part of a, you know, a uh, crack task force tasked with uh, closing the portals to keep the aliens from uh, the aliens movie from coming in and killing us all, then I'll know that I've been right all along. So, yeah, that's probably that's probably my one. If I have one weird theory, that's the only one that I really like dead set on just because all my dreams are just like normal stuff. Yeah, sometimes I have some scary stuff. Sometimes I have some 
you know, some really, truly bizarre stuff. But a lot of times it's like slice of life stuff. Like I'm just walking around and all of a sudden, oh, did you hear Jimmy Carter died? I'm like, no, I did not. That's really weird and sad. And then I wake yeah. up and, you know. To to be clear, uh, Stephen is not like, like Stephen is smart, but that has nothing to do with his like actual secret belief in all this like weird stuff. I <laughs> sincerely believe that someday Steven's going to go missing and reports are going to be like he was last seen entering an elevator and spinning around three times before <laughs> I like before a young woman also got into the elevator out of nowhere. And he has never been seen since. Have you guys ever done that elevator? Uh... No, I did. No, because I kind of believe it, too. Yeah, no, I did. We were staying at a we went on one of those uh, um, soccer uh, trips where we had to play out of town soccer. And we went to Kansas City where they had just enough floors to do that. And I was like, I even uh, for those people that were around, I even streamed it live on either Twitch or Instagram. Mm -hmm. Either way, those are gone now. You can't find them. But I did the whole thing. I did the whole pressing the buttons, writing them up, make sure I don't look anybody in the eye, all of that stuff. And uh, nothing happened, unfortunately. I thought it might, uh, especially when it opened up onto a floor that was under construction. And I was like, what the hell is this? Um, but my wife thought it would be funny. She didn't do it, but she's like, you know, after you left, I was going to run up to that floor. And when the door opened, I was just going to scare the crap out of you. <laughs> she would do that. But yeah, no, uh, no. See, Rodrigo's in the same mindset. You don't do those things because you don't know what would happen. And maybe I, I did think, do something like, screwed up. It would be so inconvenient to get pulled into another dimension right now. I've got stuff right. to do. Yeah, me too. Speaking of That's things exactly to do. It. Speaking of things to do, dear listeners, uh, thank you so much for your time uh, this week. I enjoy having these just uh, shoot the breeze kind of conversations with everybody, and I hope you do too. And uh, so we've done what we need to do, and the only thing that you need to do is head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers so you can catch the first half of the show where we're talking about school books and video games and Hell uh, Divers 2 and all that fun stuff. Again, you can only get that when you sign up at the silver level, patreon.com slash major spoilers. Next week, we are back with, what is this? Are we doing Invincible Volume 3 next week? Whoa. What? I think we were actually Only supposed 9, to do it Only 9,000 years after the last one. I know, right? Uh, so, yeah, we're going to go revisit Invincible next week on the Major Spoilers Podcast. Why? Because we know that you love comics, and we do too, and we will talk with you soon. Fat the X-ray vision of a Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page Would be backwards I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus as soon as the comic book store guy knew They kicked my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Think about a better way If I was hulking green or gray I could just bust through that brick wall Take their comic books away But then the little meat would deal With all the tanks and bombs and guns Have you ever tried to read a series With all that going on Guess I need to rethink this plan How would I back and board my comics With such a chance Guess I already told ya What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah what a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. 
don't start raving rich like a man of iron. I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. But would I really even need to read up on all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fun being in the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler. Whoa, 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 whoa. What a major spoiler. This podcast is copyright 2024 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners, also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200.